the star, the star. The star. Yeah, yeah, y'all already know, y'all already know. Seven the pan, seven the pan. That dude fizz on the fizz on the beat. Yeah, yeah, we live in entertainment, entertainment. Sound change, sound change, sound change. Round the kings, round the kings, homie. This is where it get ill. About to have a tip off live as a tip drill. From the court to the diamond to the track to the big skin flying round the field. Starting five forever, keeping it real. If it matters in the world of sports, world of sports, jeans and long sleeves, they taking no shorts. So hot to death. Oh, yes, these other sports podcasts live as a pro's corpse. Biz market wave is starting five goes off, goes off. <laughs> no matter who you cheer for, emotions out the window. They analyzing with clear thoughts. They taking way deeper than the boys ever for. No longer got any use for the four letters The latest news, score stats in the view from the sideline Ain't no guideline, it's just the truth, just the truth yeah. No need to dig for a part in line It's always in season if people start five, start five We going in on three, run the baseline, start five, get it We got what you we need, what you need. If the sports news you see We don't waste time, we talking cause we living We got what you we need, what you yeah. need. We going in on three, run the baseline, start five, get it We got what you we need, what you need. And y'all know me, seven sign, I'm the illest cat spit. I got what you need. I got what you need. We are live. Oh wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, Yeah, we're live. <laughs> we are live. You sure about that? Let me check, but I believe we're live. Okay, well, I hope you believe so. Uh, I hope it is. Yeah, I'm checking now to see if it up. Everybody just saw you pick your nose. That's all good. What up, everybody? <laughs> what up, everybody? This me, your boy, the mayor. That be your name, please, five. Your mom's favorite fat guy, all the way from deepest, darkest Africa. We are back with the newest episode of the Star and Five. As always, hit up that star5podcast.com. Haven't seen many of y'all click that merch link in a while. Please do that. Please hit the merch link. You can get all the streaming platforms we are on up there. But without further ado, we throw it over to the first lady. Hello, everyone. Glad everyone can join. Shout out to Oz Always, the starting five. Shout out to True Radio Network. Shout out to everybody who supports us. And just shout out to having a great Black History Month. Yep, 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 yep. And the month is over as of tomorrow. But the man who should be serving up some history lessons on this week's episode, JP, what's going on with you, good brother? What's up? What's going on, everybody? How's everybody feeling? Yeah, all right. You good. sound a little depressed. You all right over there? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm real okay, good. Good, 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 good. Wait, wait, we'll, we'll, we'll save some of that energy for when you bring out the fire. This should be positive fire this week. No, no real frame, flame, flame throwing from you. But Mm-mm. to the man who was uh, of medium rare skin, the, don't touch the flame too much. <laughs> and we, we'll just we'll flip the we'll flip the light skin for for medium rare this week. <laughs> What's up? What's up, y'all? I'm planning to reclaim my melanin back in 2021. So I feel you. Look out for me on beaches. <laughs> You know, pools, wherever sun may be available, I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, what's up, everybody? Starting five, First Lady, JP, Demir, or uh, Saltwater, loving Saltwater, and Saltwater and Bleach Pool season <laughs> is in my immediate future. I'm <laughs> you, um, man. I think I think we all need it though. We all need a little bit of that, even though Qatar can just you know humble brag. I can go to a beach whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, humble brags, humble brags, humble brags, humble brags. Humble brags yeah, not yet, but I will soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Staten Island does have a beach. I mean, it is, it has been cleaned up over the years. So, but I don't, I don't really go on that. You know, the kids like it a little bit. Us adults, it is what it is. My wife hates the beach. <laughs> she don't like sand. You know. But uh, we'll see, man. We'll see. We got we got to get some. We we you know we got to get some things in this year, man. But first and foremost, the first thing we're getting in as the starting five is that Philly Cigar Week going down in April, the nineteenth to the twenty fifth. TJ, man, I'm I'm excited Dude. for this one. I, I mean, I'm excited for this one. I I smoke a lot already. That weekend, though. Dude. <laughs> Dude. I mean. If you're not walking around with a cigar in your hand at all times during that weekend, you're not doing it right, bro. I, I know. I know, I'm man. I'm very but... excited about this. I'm also very excited to do my first live podcast with you, bro. So I'm I'm looking very forward to that. I'm very excited. about. I'm just, I'm just amped in general, you know, being around some people, you know, of like mind and of like interest, you know what I'm saying, and just doing what we love to do. So I'm, yeah, true I'm, indeed. I'm looking forward to all the activities, the events, whatever's going on. Like I said, getting it with you. We're way overdue for a smoke, my brother. So, you know, yep. we'll be definitely getting <laughs> yep, it in yep. all, all that weekend. So, yeah, just yep. collabing with different folks and networking in the whole nine yards. It's going to be a good look for us, the group, uh, the, the whole podcast. So I'm really looking forward to it. I'm super excited. I can't wait to get more details on it so we can get this show on the road, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm amped. I'm mean, I'm actually got to get some more starting five merch for the weekend. Uh, uh, so. we'll, we'll, no, we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about that because I already have been looking into like you as you already know. I had yes. a very select few. We might get a few more of these. I'm trying to like redesign, not redesign it, but I, I made the logo a little smaller so it fits better like here instead of this big wrap around. But um, I'm looking some for some like cost friendly merch that can you know, be thrown out there without it feeling like it's hurting our pockets type of thing. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that. But I mean, again, your first live show, JP, I mean, you can describe to TJ a little bit how we do with these live shows because you've been a part of what, two of them now with us? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. You know what we do, you know, I don't know if we're going to have a crowd or not, you know, but, um, you know, you have a little bit of a crowd and, um, you know, we talk about what we do, basically. Yeah, that's that's what we've mainly done with, like, the Black Trinity Gauntlet uh, mm -hmm. podcast panel and, and, and discussion, content creator discussion. It's, we, we, we pretty much let the world know who we were. You know, I, over the years, I've invited some of my, at the, at the time, favorite podcasts. Um, I can, I'll definitely say one of them I don't listen to no more. Uh, Couple, a bunch of them have reshifted their 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 styles and formats and members. 
um, like shout outs to Ladies Love Hip Hop, they were a part of the first one, but the face of what you would have seen at the first one is totally different than where they're at now because um, it's it's my homegirl Summer still, and she has a new partner, and their show is now called Hip Hop is I higher ed so shout outs to them as always um couple podcasters uh haven't like shout outs to the big homie lou i know he's he's doing his thing out there getting in like guitar getting into a workout mode and trying to get right and healthier and stuff and and you know but he's hasn't had time to do podcasts in a while like uh one of my favorites defcon jive these brothers haven't done nothing since 2019 2019 and i've been dropping subtle hints on the homie cannon for a minute to uh get back to it but um like the last one we did in in 20 uh what was it 20 yeah 2019 because we did the first one in 2018 2019 the last one we did at j1 con shout out to jason richardson as always um shoot for the most part everybody on that bill was still alive and kicking and still doing their thing and somebody who joined us to do their thing, the big brother, the Hambone himself, the young ham hop, Professor Extraordinaire, Sammy J. Take yourself off mute and say what's up to the people real quick. What's up, you Bamas? Do you have my um, gold <laughs> that you Do you have, have your gold, gold what? Your... The gold bus they got for Trump, you got one for me? No, no, we got a gold fork. <laughs> I'm gonna get you a gold neck bone. We gotta, we gotta. I'm gonna get you a gold neck bone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna get you some gold. We're gonna get you some gold. Uh oh. It's Wi Fi. Yeah, his Wi Fi is messing up. But. Gold <laughs> plated barbecue grills. And I'm just talking the actual grill part. I actually would not mind that. That would actually be pretty cool. I'm gonna hold you to that. But I have a we'll think um, about that one. I have a, a message for um, Mr. Polk because I was listening to his favorite um, radio, sports radio host, Tyrone Johnson. I heard him. I heard him. Don't mention nothing about it. He doesn't and know what he's talking about. I was just like, subject. Oh, hey, meatball, let it go, meatball, let it go. No, bro, I'm, nah, I'm on your side. I'm on your side. Like, I I was so stunned that I I told my barber, and my barber yeah. he's like sixty something years old. So he, basically, what happened? Tyrone Johnson said that Joel Embiid has more talent than Wilt Chamberlain. He's out of his damn mind. He's done more, and I was just I was like stunned. And how does he? Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Not Mister Glass. Not How Mr. has he Glenn. done more? How has he done more when the man got two championship rings, four league MVPs? Not not only that, there also averaged fifty points and twenty five rebounds a game. Oh, How has he done more? I, how? I, and I love I, Joel Embiid. He's gonna be one of the best. Know, ever. I, I know he's not better than Will. He's not even he's better nowhere, than that. He's nowhere near it. I, I don't know what I don't. He's I'm not gonna, better than Patrick okay. Ewing. All right. Uh, right yeah, now, uh, he's not, but over, uh, down the line, uh, he might. Uh, right uh, now, uh, no. Better than Patrick Young. He will. No. I'm not worried about that. He's not. I want to see stuff that Tyrone Johnson was smoking because, you know, it's legal in Jersey now. Because he, he hasn't. I, I, heard, him, I heard him and Mike yesterday. I heard Mike just say yesterday that Joel Embiid 
would sit up there and and and, and roast Wilt because Wilt will come out on the perimeter. Excuse me, Wilt did come out on the perimeter. What is he talking about? Yeah, and I, know I heard him yesterday. He's count. quicker, he's faster, he's stronger, and and it can leap higher than, than Joel Embiid. I like I said, Joe, I love Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid himself would tell you that he's not better than Will. He said that himself. So if he said it, so how the hell are you saying it? I got a, I got a question. I got a question. I got a quick question. Because when TJ just threw out Patrick Ewing, right? You said not right now, but he can be. So what is there to say that not right now, but he can be better than Wilt? Because or at least a hundred points for me. I just I just showed told you Wilt got two championship rigs and four league MVPs. That alone. That alone. So it take so it'll take that was, much for Joel. Is also so, just, so it'll is, take that much for Joel. He will never be better than Will. He will never be okay. better than Will. So even if he gets five championships and five MVPs, he'll never be better than Will. Will Chamberlain uh, is the greatest no, physical talent to no. ever play in wait, NBA wait, history. Wait, period. Wait, then the numbers he put up are insane. I, I if. Dan, if Embiid does that, I think he he'll go down as the best big man in the game if he does what you just said. The five. Yeah, no, that's all I'm saying. Because I don't. Because I'll keep it plain and funky. I don't agree with that statement at all. As far as saying he's better than Will, you have to be fucking asinine to think that. Obviously, like this radio host did, but um, and I'm not calling him an ass because I don't know him. It's just uh, everybody makes those hot takes. That, he's that good, but sound. he's but he's wrong that, on this one. Was, yeah, um, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, in full I, agreement that he's that at all. I might have to I'm call Mike on Monday. I'm in full agreement that he's totally wrong, but yeah. I'm just stating that again. Yeah, a hundred point game, we'll probably never see that again. But I, I let me just finish my statement real quick. I was just going to say, JP said the MVPs and the titles. If that happens and he leads his team, like I, I valid. If that if that does happen, in my book, he will be better. If he, if he no gets Mike number, never. Can I say this? Never. Can he can he complete a full season first? Like he hasn't right. played in a complete season. So I mean, to even make that statement, the man would have to play a full season first. Yeah, but he's not going to give. He just. He doesn't, need, he saying, doesn't need to play 80, 82 games. He, he played 60, play, 60 some games. And he played. He needs to play seventy five. He needs to play seventy seventy five games for me. Fans. They they start winning a couple games and then they think. Ah uh, shit! Just got nothing to do with the Knicks, bro. Yeah, they, 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 your Sixers just started. Your Sixers just started. Your Sixers started winning yesterday. The majority of my life, the Knicks have been at the bottom of the barrel. Okay. Well, you're you're also you're also like fucking nineteen years old. I wish yeah, so. That's, the, the numbers add up. The numbers add up. But, but let me let me say this. Let, let me say Still this. playing Roblox. Let, let me say this real quick. Wilt Chamberlain one year averaged forty eight point five minutes a game. He played more minutes, including overtimes. He did not sit on the bench the whole year. That's what people don't seem to understand. His stamina was crazy. He played 48.5 minutes a game. That's what I was talking that's about, what, JP. I, I, was gonna, I was about to say that. That's, people do understand because that's what TJ was just talking about. Yeah. <laughs> he never came out of the that's game. A, he never got tired. Right. Now he, now he, but, there, he threw the shot, put 56 feet, ran the, the quarter in, in a seven-foot one. He ran a quarter mile in 49 seconds. 
through the shot put 56 feet. Had a recorded vertical of at least 47 inches. Come on, bro. Ain't no big man going to have that ever. And see, I told y'all at the open that JP was going to bring that historical truth and facts of fire. I didn't think he was going to get heated like this. Thank you, Sammy, for bringing up Wilt because we know, we know, if you know the history of the show, JP will get very passionate about Wilt. Very passionate about Wilt. But let me, all, let me say this all real the quick. There was drop facts. Yeah. Let, let, me, let, me, let me just give you, say this real quick. And trust me, I was on the same wavelength about Wilt back in the 90s and 2000s. I was like, oh, Wilt played against a bunch of, bunch of garbage men. Michael Jordan's the greatest ever. I, call my, I used to call Michael Jordan God. Michael Jordan's the greatest ever. He's God. I used to call him that. I'm like, man, Wilt, Wilt, Wilt was okay, but he wasn't that spe special until I did research. I had to do research, talk to people, and different things like that there. And then that's when my, 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 my tune started changing. And that's all it ever takes, friend. All it yeah. ever takes is research. Like some of the research that we're going to need some of y'all to do today. We had a quick, quick show today, but not too quick, but quick enough that is, you know, we're rounding off and we're capping off the day before the end of Black History Month, even though it's just a month. It's Black History every single day in this skin of ours. Um this week, we decided to talk about, as, as the show is titled for part four, more than an athlete. Uh, we want to bring, you know, we want to bring light to, once again, the athletes who's been trendsetters, paved the way in certain uh, avenues of life. And, and, and even till today, a lot of the youth we got to give respect to by way of like opening schools, uh, showing people great business sense, things of that nature. And even some of the women, like Katara, I didn't want to leave you completely out because they came out the gate with freaking Wilt talk. But let's kick this off with the ladies once again, like we finished off last week. Who is a woman athlete that you want to bring up? Oh, you want me to start? <laughs> I just set the table for you. What? What'd you say? So I just set the table for you beautifully. Okay, sorry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm out of it. Okay, um, I chose to speak about Flojo, uh, Florence Griffin. I just know her as Flojo. That's what we always call her. But um, she is still, if I am not mistaken, the still the fat holds the record of the fastest woman um, as of or she used to, but um, she like she just came and uh, during and, and this was when we were in grade school. She came and she she turned the tables around. I you know I believe for the United States she she you know with with what she had to do and then she was stylish with it too. So she put you know uh, United States back or more on the map and she was just great uh and and no one could stop her so so i chose to say yeah, she just like i said she changed it all for 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 athletes especially black women <laughs> so. yeah well, her yeah flojo and 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 uh jackie joyner kersey like of that era jp i mean you, you want to talk about like a level of dominance in like the track and field era, man. 
It's yes. uh, JP. I mean, you 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 are a track aficionado, also. Yes. Um, I mean, speak speak to these women. And, um, man, they both were amazing, man. Jackie Joyner Kersey, one of the greatest athletes of of all time. Period. She was a great ba college basketball player, also a great track athlete, heptathlete, um, long jumper. But as far as Flojo goes, Flojo has records that might not ever be broken. The 1049 in 100 meters. I mean, I mean, I want people to understand something. When she ran that 1049, you got to understand, there's a lot of high school boys who can't run 1049. Here's, if, 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 you, if you run 1049 in high school, you're going to win a state championship at least six, seven times out of 10 in any state. Outside of, of course, you know, the usual Texas, California, Florida, you know, where, where, it's, where it's real hot. Even in Jersey here, where the track is real hot, 1049 is moving. You're going to win it. You, you're going to win that a lot of times. Um, also, Flojo ran 21.3 in, in the 200 meters, 21.34. I mean, she has, I mean, it was, it was amazing that year that she had. There's a lot of controversy, of course, which we won't get into, you know, or whatever, but Man, I mean, she had maybe had the best year in track and field history in, in, in 88 with what she did. And um, also another thing is too, she took the, the uh, female athlete to another level as far as style, sexiness, stuff like that there. She brought all that out. It was a trendsetter in that way. She also designed the uniforms for the Indiana Pacers as well. So, you know, she, she, she was, on the track, she did a lot of great things, but also off the track, she she brought a lot of people's attention to the sport at the time. And but the, the sport was already in a good place. And of course, you had Carl Lewis, Edwin Moses, all those guys, iconics, iconics figures. But also Flojo brought that brought that back. The the, the uncommon person who wouldn't pay attention to it, brought them into the fold. She did some acting afterwards, 227 and a couple other TV things she did and stuff, you know, and um, she made her mark. That was a good good thing you did right there, Katara. Good start to it. God rest her soul, man. She she yeah. did a lot in 39. I mean, when, when, you, when you think of Flojo and, and you mentioned style and looks and stuff, besides her being a beautiful woman, right. all you ever had to do was look at her hands and everybody would wonder how did she downstart how did she downstart with them look with them long claws like that? That mm -hmm. were always manicured excellently, always perfect, always perfect. But it was those nails were the uh, the, the first attractor that everybody can sign, you know, that was her signature that undeniable, you know who that is, you knew who it was, and you knew the type of business you was gonna get on the track mm -hmm. from Flojo. For sure, for sure. So she definitely set the table for just American women in in especially Olympic sports and, and just world sports, like you said, records that may never be touched. I mean, it can have it, it every record is made to be broken, but some are just made to last a little bit longer than most. But I'm gonna talk about this guy right behind me. It's the man named Fritz Pollard, who is known to be the first black quarterback in the NFL and first black coach in the NFL. And we, we could pretty much credit, like there is another person out there, I was, as I was doing my research, um, 
there, there was another name that I've never seen before who is credited as like the first black professional football player. Let me see if I can pull that name up for y'all while I'm talking. You're going to lose my face. But um, the guy's name is Charles Follis. And he played for the Shelby Steamfitters in 1902 to 1906. But he started being played to, pay for play, paid to play football in 1899. That was the, the quote-unquote first professional Black football player. But Fritz Pollard, um, this guy, he was, again, once again, the first black coach and player in, you could kind of say, in, in NFL lore, in, in American football history. Um, he played for, let's see, the teams he played for. I'm sorry, y'all. I should have had this up, but when you're working on your phone, you're stuck. But he played as a player. He played for, like, the act for the Akron Pros. Union Club of Phoenixville, Milwaukee Badgers, Gilberton, Candamounts, Hammond Pros, Providence Steamrollers, and Akron Indians. Um, he is he was an APFL, I mean APFA champion, a first team All Pro, and a consensus All American. That was in college. Uh, just trendsetter. I mean, you you want to talk about a first? Like he's being brought up because he is a first. He's the guy you can, we can go back and credit to, to be able to have seen a Donovan McNabb play quarterback, to see a Doug Williams win a Super Bowl, to see a Randall Cunningham, a Warren Moon. Uh, you know, we could go back as you know, far as possible, but like he was the guy we could say to be to lay credit to us to be able to see more black players lead at the quarterback position, a position that we've been told for years that you know, or, or signify that we're not smart enough to play this, that, and the third. This man was a player, and he eventually coached. Again, you could say paved the way for people like Dennis Green or and 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 Herm Edwards or 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 uh, damn, what the hell is it? I, Lovey Smith. Um, why am I blanking on the brother who won the championship with the Colts? Uh, why am I blanking? Anyone? Anyone? Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy. Thank you, Tony Dungy. Like, this guy said, paved the way and let these brothers know, like, you know, you can do this too. And we are smart enough. TJ. Uh, my person I personally picked uh, is a, a woman um, accredited with being the first black billionaire, um, first co partner in three uh, major league. Uh, not major league, three uh, sports, NBA, WNBA, and um, NHL. She uh, She's co-partnered with the Washington Mystics, the Washington Wizards, and the Washington Capitals. And she was also co-founder of BET, and that's Miss uh, Sheila Crump Johnson. Um, the work this woman has done is phenomenal. She also owns uh, the Black uh, Resort Company called Salamander Hotels and Resorts. Um, which she started herself. Um, she's always in the in the Forbes, I guess, top 50 as one of the richest people in the United States. I think her net worth as of last year was, wasn't a billion, it was 870 million. I mean, if you're 30 million off, uh, you know, 230 million off, who's counting at that point? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, For real. <laughs> like I said, 
she was a real trailblazer pioneer along with her uh, ex-husband, uh, Robert Johnson. They paved the way, for, uh, she, she smashed the, any, every and any glass ceiling that was ever pre uh, presented to her. And uh, she's paved the way, if you, have to, you don't even have to look any further if you wanna look for somebody who, who really And, you know, to the position where she's at right um, now, truly phenomenal uh, woman, uh, Sheila Johnson. Right. And when you mentioned in her being like uh, um owner in several sports franchises, like it reminded me too. shout outs to the greatness and Serena Williams and her sister Venus Williams. I know we talked about this a few years back, JP, that Serena and Venus were also partners in the Miami Dolphins at one time. They were partners in the Miami Dolphins on top of being the tennis legends and greats that they are. I mean, the list of the accolades amongst the both of them, we could be here just for an entire episode of Side 5 just talking about them too and what they've done phenomenally as a whole. But those two, I can we can clearly say with, with, with the exception of the, the legends of like the, the earlier times, those two are clearly, clearly responsible for in, uh, inspiring the likes of uh, Coco Goff, Naomi Osaka, and, and these other Black women that are now growing up and killing it in the world of tennis. So, I mean, Trailblazers, just by, by way of a sport that, once again, not known for most Black folks to play because of, you know, a lot of people can't afford uh, clubs. A lot of people can't afford tennis lessons. Let's think, you know, their father taught them the game on the hard courts in Compton. Only in, black kids Compton, out there yep. playing. Only only black kids out there playing the game of tennis. You know, like if we wanted to play, I can be honest, if I wanted to play tennis, I had my uncle who, you know, he was no pro or nothing like that. He just picked up the game as a pickup, but he now coaches me when 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 he has the time. Like, so it was around me, but not every other black person has the ability to you know, gain access to, to, to be able to play tennis like that. And again, their father took them out of the hood like that to be the global superstars and, and, and trendsetters and inspirational figures to a number, a number of other youth, but specifically black youth. Uh, JP, yes, who are some of the, the, the earlier, the earlier athletes that you want to bring up that, uh, that, that, paved the way for, for society and, and, and our culture. I'm going to bring up a player who is one of the best players of all time, easily top 10, top five, top six, wherever you want to put him at. And that's Oscar Robertson. And the reason why I bring him up is because of the lawsuit he filed against the NBA in 1970 that was settled in 1976 and resulted in the free agent rules now used in the NBA. That's one of the things. I'm not going to go deep, deep into, into it because, you know, we can go on all day about what happened, but I'm just going to go over um, some significance of it. Um, he said that as president of the NBA Players Association, Roberts' 1970 suit against the NBA contended the draft option clause, clause and other rules Restricting player movement were violations of antitrust laws. The suit was, was settled in 1976 
when the league agreed to let players become free agents in exchange for their old team's rights of first refusal to match any offer they might receive. Um, so as I'm, that's just, just basically cliff notes of something. I mean, we can go over more detail, but of course, you know, we don't have enough time. But the reason why a lot of these players benefit from today, from the planes to the, the, the enormous contracts that they have and the stuff they can do is because of people like Oscar Robinson filing the lawsuits and stuff against the NBA, making sure they get paid, making sure they get their share of, of what they really needed. And also not to basically be, be a slave to a team and you can become a free agent and go wherever you want to, want to and stuff. Um, he never gets his just due. He gets his just due as a great player, but he's like forgotten a lot of times. A lot of us do, but basically I'm going to say it. To me, he's been blackballed a lot because of this lawsuit and because he was outspoken about players' rights and freedoms. Right. So he paved the way. This is why LeBron, the LeBron James, the Kobe's, and all them can freely speak and stuff today because somebody had to take had to fall on the sword for them. Well, not only that, not only just to, to be able to, to the free speech aspect of it, but it it ushered in and allowed the the free player movement that we see today. Where right. guys are saying, hey, yo, we've always wanted to play together. Yo, I'm going to talk to these guys. Yo, let's come over here with me. You know, like LeBron, when LeBron, uh, when they all, LeBron and, and, and D-Wade, well, D-Wade was already there. But LeBron and Bosh teamed up with Dean Wade in Miami. Then LeBron went back to Cleveland. And then LeBron was like, yo, Wade, come up here to Cleveland with me real quick. And let's try to do something. And then, uh, you know. But all the movement we see now, uh, AD going to with LeBron in in LA, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Kawhi making his moves to where he wants to go, things like that. KD making the uh, the Golden State move, like the freedom of player movement can all, like you said, can all be ushered in. And thankfully, uh, thank to all thanks can go to Oscar Robinson behind something like that, man. And yeah, I mean, shit, I. I, you you open my eyes to that too because like that was like like you said people who just get less credit behind things like yeah he does deserve more credit behind that like just like how we could say Uncle Luke deserves more credit behind the fight for freedom of speech and music yeah yeah you know it it, it goes yeah, similar but but as, as we all know as we all know people fall on the sword so others can keep walking. Right, and also, and also, not only that, there, but also, the players who paved the way for the players to, to be in the NBA, like Mr. Earl Lloyd, the uh, Chuck Coopers of the world, you know, these men who who paved the way for the benefits that we reap from today. We always right. should pay. We always should pay homage to history historians. Whether you talk about a Jackie Robinson, whether whether you talk about Larry Doby. Where you talk about Mr. Earl Lloyd, Chuck Cooper, what do you talk about the, you know, of course, the Olympians, Tommy Smith, John Carlos, even, even Jesse Owens, the stuff that he went through as well. You know, right. and, and, and people like this, they've paved the way for where we are today as far as athletics and what and we reap the benefits off those people for what they went through. Uh, true indeed. Like Sammy J, like we can we we can go into two names that I think are pivotal in all of this that JP kind of just briefly mentioned. And that was 
John Carlos and Tommy Smith and the rest of that that relay team that uh did what they did at the Olympics. Uh, let me let me, let me correct one thing. What they were on a relay, they ran the two hundred meters. They were they oh, were on okay yeah, two hundred meters. Two hundred meters. No, thank you. Yeah. I thought it was a relay team, so thank you. So John Carlos, Tommy Smith, what they did at two hundred meters in the '68 Olympics, correct, JP? Yes, sir. '68 Olympics and the raising of the power fist, which uh, again was looked at as a defiant act, yet it was representing our people and 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 it, it, interesting enough, interesting enough, and correct me if I'm wrong, JP, it was more felt more like a slap in the face to America because America kind of didn't want them there. Well, they wanted them there. It was just the fact that they did this on a world stage, and right, and, right, and that's that's what they that's what they were really mad about. We got to remember, these men paid a price for what they did. They couldn't get jobs. They couldn't do. And and John Carlos's first wife actually committed suicide because of what happened to him. Well, hold you that know? right there. Let's let Sammy J get on this. And then he could bring up an athlete. We're, we're, we're trying to keep it back, though. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, not going to yeah, bring yeah. up the, most of the new schools yet, uh, Sammy. So the one athlete that I think had a big contribution to um, Black history and is somebody who's not talked about as often in, like, especially the GOAT conversation, um, OJ Simpson. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's an argument there, but no, we, no. we when no. you think when you think OJ, no, you think no. of now, not then. No. We forget um, about his time in the league. <laughs> I'm about, um, Bill Russell. Bill Russell, you know, he won 11 titles. Um, he played for a notoriously racist franchise, racist city, in the thick of the civil rights movement. Time out, time out right quick. One real quick. Time out for one second. The Boston Celtics was not a racist organization. They were the first team to have a starting five black players. You sit there and face palm all you want. No, I'm just no, trying to give true, you a education. True indeed, JP. And they were the first team to integrate. Right. Well, they were the first team to integrate. First but, team to hire right. a black coach as, as as well. I mean, the city of Boston was great. It's, it still is racist yeah. as hell. But it had nothing well, to do with the team. But you were going to say, but what, Katara? No, and John just said it. Uh, and going back to uh, what Sammy said, it, it's Boston that was racist. Granted, the yeah. team wasn't, but you already know it's going to be slipped in. So that's, mm -hmm. but, but go on, <laughs> Sammy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like he, he went through a lot of racism. And I, I don't, I would love to hear his story about like his career and what he went through off the court and even on the court because, you know, integration wasn't necessarily a thing back when he played. And I was having a conversation um, earlier with my barber about Bill Russell because I just feel like he's not, you know, everybody wants to talk about LeBron, MJ, old heads talk about Wilt, but no one talks about Bill Russell. And, you know, my barber was like, yeah, he needs to be in the conversation, most definitely, because he actually, he's seen all of them play. Bob Cousy, Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, all of them. Like, he was alive during that time period. But, yeah, Bill Russell went through another one. Can I throw out one more athlete? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. No. <laughs> but, 
but also too, also too, once again, we're thinking Bill Russell. Uh, his one of his eleven championships was as player coach. Mm-hmm. So he's got to get props for that too. Um, the second athlete is Dick Allen, Philadelphia Phillies. Um, I forget what position he played, but um, yeah, he went through the thick. Now you want to call you call Philadelphia if you want if you don't want to call them racist. I don't know, you know, whatever. <laughs> Especially South, especially South. The Philadelphia Phillies during the 50s, 60s, and 70s was one of the most racist um, baseball franchises in the country. And when Dick Allen was here, you know, he was one of the stars, but he was treated so terribly by the organization, by the fans. They, They put him in the minor league when he was at in the peak of his prime, you know, and my dad told me all of these stories because he was very emotional about Dick Allen. And he just passed, um, I think within the last six, seven months. Um, but he, he was really one of the first black Phillies to play for the um, play baseball in Philly. And he went through a lot, um, you know, so I think those two have contributed a lot to black history and, um, sports. Right. But the one that we all can speak on together is the great Muhammad Ali. I mean, you want to talk about somebody, Katara, who you can say was like one of the first martyrs for going down when he, uh, didn't want to go to the war. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then the name, then the name change. And then he was one of those martyrs who was able to overcome rise and shine even brighter than than when he went down right right he it's it's very interesting um you know just watching him speak uh his you know the the old black and white uh interviews and he was like he just said what it is he's like i think he uh um and i'm not i don't want to get into this but i think he was like well black people need to do this this and that period and we need you know he just said it all what he had to say uh, the thing uh, with um, Vietnam and, you know, uh, how that made a thing. And, you know, he's right. Why are, to an extent, you know, I don't want to get anybody, you know, <laughs> I don't want to go to the right, but he's right. We shouldn't be over there. None of them called right. us the N-word. Why are we over there? So, right. you know, he had some great points. And and it's, it's, it's very interesting that, 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 those these same a lot of the same people who are giving him are giving him praise these days did not give him praise spoke out against them uh when he came out i i just find that interesting uh you know and and he had very you know that's what you need you need confidence like that if you're going into you know the boxing world at that time he was like i told y'all and you know he that's what you need people didn't like it when a black man did it but he's not the only one who did it. He's just the one that everyone wants to remember did it. So very, uh, uh, he will always be a legend. Um, right. right. right so. And then speaking of boxing legends, like, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on his name, JP, but I mean, you want to talk about a person who set the table for black folks. Uh, again, what was his name? He was Jack just beating Johnson? up everybody. Yes, Jack Johnson, beating up everybody and taking their white women with him. 
Yes. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing piece of black history there. As always, big ups to those brothers there. But um let's 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 bring this up to the new school and how uh, well not really too new, but one name in in particular that we all can talk about is, as JP called him at one time, his god is Mr. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Now, I mean, TJ, as Knicks fans, Knicks hate, you know, Bulls haters. Bro. Bro. I, I was a Jordan hater, but Bro. but Michael it Jordan did. is the, Michael Jordan is the icon of all icons. I'll never call him the GOAT because as you mentioned before, Bill Russell and people who want to talk that GOAT conversation always talk about rings. Catch up to Bill Russell first, but don't use point is, is Mike, stop it. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I, I always, I'm I, joking. I, I use that. I know, I know, but I use that against everybody to stop people from talking about rings first. But Michael Jordan, you want to talk about icon of all icons? Like as TJ's picture in the back, it was the three M's: Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, Mike Tyson. That was like the upper echelon of sports, of black folks, if you even want to say, at the time in the late 80s to the 90s throughout till his retirement, even still to this day. You want to talk about this guy was be it was a household name. Everybody, well, except for me, wanted to be like Mike. <laughs> the Jordan shoe, once it was once it was introduced, has now become still to this day one of the uh the holy grails as far as just a shoe collection collector is concerned a jordan shoe is still that 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 one piece of footwear that most people are sneak i, I can't keep saying everybody because i'm not included but, but yeah, most sneakerheads that's a sneaker i'll never own you don't have never, never in my never sammy and it, here's a fun never. fact for everybody here's a fun fact for everybody I used to work in two sneaker stores back in the day. Finish line, the training camp, no, finish line first, and then training camp. Training camp was like a local, like a, not a local, but it was just a New York City store. Like you didn't really find it else anywhere else. It was in Staten Island. It was in Manhattan. That was it. Um, but um, I've only ever put my foot, one foot, in two Jordan sneakers ever. One, one was an 11. That. Was, it, was it an 11? No, I think it might have been the 12. And one was the one that came out in the metal briefcase. I've only ever put my left foot in one shoe just to feel the hype. They were comfortable. I took that shit right off and threw it back at the freaking shelf. I don't like this. I don't like them. There's a couple that I do like, but I would never own. But this guy, again, he's a household name from never. Space Jam. Space Jam, to what he's done in the finals, to going six for six, you know, the good old six, 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 six championships, six finals MVPs, no series ever went past six games. Um, you know, for the most part, people fight and argue about him and his legacy. They forget about the nine seasons prior. He was a Washington wizard. They forget about that. But we're not on that. Time. We're not. We, yes, they do. We're not on that time, though. We're talking about the greatest contributions as far as again, quietly gave money to a lot of great organizations, 
a lot of great movements, things like that. The truth finally came out years later that it was a white guy named Michael Jordan who was the donator to prisons. It was not that MJ. But, I mean, again, from the logo to the shoe to Space Jam to, to again, Nat, like, Nat, he's, he's a majority, one of the first, if not the first majority owner in the NBA of the Charlotte team. Owns a motorcycle racing club. He's now majority owner of a NASCAR team that Bubba Wallace is not part of. What are those? Like, like, those are jump mans. Those aren't no official joints. Those are jump mans. Get them out. You a hater, yo? I am. I am. <laughs> but but it took me a long. It took me and then whoever TJ, you can go first. Everybody can talk about MJ. But it took me going to Chicago and seeing his statue. <laughs> in person, and then reading the laundry list of accolades down imprinted on the statue and on the ground around the whole thing, I was like, all right, MJ, the hate is over. You got it. You got it. It literally took me to see the statue in person. I said, you got it. Listen, the day he retired, I was very happy. Um, <laughs> I could never like him as a player, but I respected him. That's that's the one thing I can't say in hindsight. That's a, I that's did exactly respect it. him. That's exactly it. I agree. I respect I respect his his game, what he brought to the game, the pain he brought, not to only just me and my Knicks, but to a lot of other franchises. I, I'm uh you know, when he retired the first time, everybody thought, you know, everybody's team had a chance now. When he came back, they thought they still had a chance, and he proved them all wrong. I mean, the it's it's, it's just the consistency and his will to win is was unmatched at that time. I think, like, I guess I can say LeBron's work ethic and keeping his body in shape and wanting to win. You know, he's he's got like a, a photographic photographic memory. He remembers plays from like three years ago. It's, it's insane, but was driven and, and matched his energy to do what he did and wanted to be in his likeness because of Michael Jordan's will. He wanted that. And, you know, if there wasn't a Jordan around, would there be a Kobe Bryant? You know what I'm saying? You got to think these things. He brought a lot to the right. culture. He brought a lot to the youth in terms of marketing ads. Like if he wasn't walking around with a bull starter jacket in the nineties, he was just considered lame. And a pair of Jays on the match. It's just, you know, he did. He made Gatorade. Nobody drank Gatorade before Michael Jordan. I wasn't drinking Gatorade before Michael Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Like, he brought so much to 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 and opened up tons of doors for other black athletes to follow. Right after him, the after that, everybody wanted to get a shoe with and and Magic with their Converse a little right before him, but Michael Jordan blew that shit out the water. And took it to a whole nother level completely. Um, to grow up and be in it, it was like none other. I can't, you guys can't imagine what it was like watching that like live happening every night. He was Sports Center. He he actually made Sports Center. You know what I'm saying? Because people tuned in, even if you didn't have the Bulls on at the time, you would they would show damn near half the game of, of Michael Jordan highlights. So it was, it was, it was, it was annoying to no end because I really hated him as a player. But I and JP, him. JP, that takes a lot for two Knicks fans 
yeah. to do that. <laughs> I, look, some people think that I hate Jordan and stuff. I never, I never said I hated Jordan. I just like to put stuff in perspective sometimes to show whether it was basketball played before Jordan and basketball after Jordan. There was great players before Jordan, great players after Jordan. My now, where he falls in the all-time category as players go, if you don't have Michael Jordan in your top five, something's seriously wrong. He's definitely top five. He's number three on my list, definitely in the top five. TJ said it all right there. Sneakers. They were big, but he took wearing sneakers in, in the fashion of them to a whole other level. Also had the Jordan brand, took that to a whole other level. Well, well, real quick, on the sneaker part, too, though, we have to also give big props to Spike Lee for that because Spike Lee was yeah. kind of the one. No, no, not just no, not just Spike Lee. Actually, Jazzy Jeff. Jazzy Jeff was kind of the one that really took the, the Jordan shoe this way. How? Because he was wearing them in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Don't believe me? Go listen to and I'll, I'll shout him out. Even though I don't like to shout out big name podcasts like that old episode of Questlove Supreme where Jazzy Jeff was on there and he talked about that. He talked yeah. about that, that he helped take that. He was part of the reason why Jordan sneakers went this way, along with Spike Lee, but just himself personally, of course. Right. And, and not only that there, clothing line. Nike, he took Nike, Nike was already big, but he took Nike to out of this atmosphere. Nike um, was almost out the door. Yeah, they, yeah, he took it to a whole nother atmosphere. Also, also as well, you look at, at um, um, on the court, I mean, man, Mike was dominant. He was, like you said, he was must-see TV. I'll never forget that game. Yeah, I'm going to New York Knicks again. I'll never forget that game in 93 where he dropped 55, no, 50, 54 on you all in the Chicago Stadium in the playoffs. Nothing yeah, but mid-range jumpers. The whole he drove to the hole maybe three times. The rest of that game was nothing but mid-range jumpers. That's all he did was shoot the mid. He was just unstoppable. Let me tell you something. Michael Jordan was unstoppable. He was unstoppable when he played. He de he definitely was. He and now that there, you know, he also responsible for bringing. I guess it was getting it was going that way anyway. But he just accelerated more as far as. The hip hop and basketball are coming together and stuff. Michael, I mean, you you cannot deny Michael Jordan's place in history. Not only off the court with economics, but also on the court as a basketball player. You cannot deny his impact. If you deny this man's impact, you are a hater. Straight up, you are hating on Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is. Icon, iconic, global icon, one of the most recognized people in, in the world, one of definitely since Ali, like him and Ali, as far as athletes go, were, I mean, gosh, man. I mean, Thank what you, more Dan. can you say about Michael Jordan, man? You know, Dan. He, he, I almost he, left that up today. He's, <laughs> you know, and, and as far as, as far as looking at him being the first black team owner in, in NBA history as well. So yes, yeah, he, yes. he set a precedent for, as he, he said the, 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 the ceiling's the limit, but he went beyond the ceiling. He, 
he went beyond the ceiling with what he's done. <laughs> let's say, let's say it right. He said, <laughs> he said, the sky's the limit and the ceiling is the roof. Is the roof. <laughs> but my, Michael Jordan, man, like like I said, what what more can you say, man? You, you gotta respect that man with everything that he did, man. You know, I mean, Mike. Mike made a lot of stuff be cool, man. He really did. He, even, even, even the bald head, even the shaved even, head. He, he, he even though, that. even though, even though he was a jazz guy, and you know, we saw the documentary. He didn't have much rhythm when he was dancing. He wasn't the hip hop guy like that. But hip hop embraced him. The world of embraced course. him. Of course, you know, the world embraced him. You know, and he brought and a lot sorry, of stuff to the table. Sorry, Sammy. We're moving on from MJ. And I you were licking your lips, bringing the shoes in. But we got to get to the new era because we got to come close to a finish on this show. And I'm going to throw you the greatness of LeBron James and what he has been doing as, as just a human being, just in general. I mean, forget the accolades on the court. We don't even need to talk about accolades on the court. You being a teacher, developing a, developing a school faster than faster than somebody in Delaware and, uh, all the great charity work he does. Let's not forget. Let's let's not let's I not got, forget. I got <laughs> let's not forget. Let's also not <laughs> donations, son, donations. Give me your grit. Give me your grit money. But uh, but let's let's not forget though. That people love to sleep. People love to sleep on the fact that the decision. Though people think it was a bad decision to make by doing that thing on, on the platform at ESPN. The man raised over $400,000 for the Boys and Girls Club. $2.5 million. And we're, so that means the number went up. But that night was definitely at $400 million. I mean, $400,000, my bad. But yeah, $2.4 million. Thank you, JP, for the number correction. <laughs> Sammy, go right ahead. So... <clears throat> I, I can't hate LeBron for what he's done off the court. And I, I stopped really disliking him, honestly, once Kobe died. And my friends of mine are like, oh, that's bullshit, I, I, whatever. Like, I have never said a bad thing about him since, um, literally since Kobe died. Because you have to, I, I really um, developed an appreciation for um, the athletes that we still have alive and not even just athletes just people in general but i can't you can't hate on somebody who developed the school for low-income first-generation students in the hometown and home state that you grew up in like if that's not giving back i don't know what is um his media work um uninterrupted the shop um how he really put his friends on Cause you know, you got a lot of people that get a lot of money, fame, power, and basically just say, you know, fuck the people you grew up with. But, you know, Mav Carter, Rich Paul, who's now one of the most powerful agents in the NBA, maybe even sports if he expands his brand beyond basketball. Um, he's a good father. You don't hear any, you know, DUIs or infidelities or um, drug charges associated with him. Yeah. At the all. only thing we heard about, the only thing we heard about was Bronny getting caught with a little bit of weed on camera. Yeah, and I mean, and who cares? And that's, the kid. And that, ex, yeah. Exactly. That's yeah, nothing. And I mean, and it's funny because I was thinking about that because Bronny was 
off of Instagram as soon as he got, as soon as LeBron won that title, he was gone. And he just now started coming back on. But, you know, LeBron, he's a good role model for not just black people, but people in general. And one thing I learned about the whole GOAT conversation is that it's generational. You know, people that grew up and were born in like the 50s, 40s or 50s, you know, Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, they, you know, they watched them, right? People that were born in 60s, 70s, 80s might be Dr. J, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Jordan, people who were born in the 80s and 90s, like me, like I caught the tail end of Michael Jordan's career. So for me, you know, Jordan, Kobe, the AI, right? AI, AI, look, and y'all might feel some type of way. I don't really care. AI is the greatest sixer I've ever seen. No, AI. You see, I love AI. That's why. That's why he made the distinction of. Thank you. Thank you. That's why I said I. I didn't see Dr. J play. Okay, I I can definitely say that. AI is one of my five favorite players ever. He retired five years before I was born. Dr. J. So I, I didn't see him play, saw highlights, but the good conversation generational. So my cousin, who is about to be 18 this year, which is crazy, born in 03, LeBron is like God to him. LeBron can do no right. wrong. He looks at MJ as like, uh, you know, he's all right, but he's not LeBron. Good conversation generational. Um, LeBron, I, I respect him as an athlete. I hate absolutely hated the decision. I hated the Miami Miami Heat teams that he was on. I was actively rooting for him to lose every year in the playoffs. But when he came back to Cleveland, I, I started to gain more respect for him. And what he what he's done off the court is phenomenal. And look, if somebody wanted to come up to me and say, LeBron has done more off the court than MJ, I can't argue against that. MJ doesn't have a school. MJ, I mean, yeah, he fought the Monstars in Space Jam, but outside of that, he really didn't do anything over his career, his playing career, to benefit black and brown folks like LeBron is doing. I, I cannot, as, as an educator, I cannot talk bad about LeBron. Uh, Can't on, on that point, though, again, on, on the MJ point again, at the time, Mike did a lot of things silently. Right. He did a lot of things silently because, you know, his quote-unquote legendary quote of Republicans buy sneakers too, things like that. It, he kind of showed that he just played, he tried to play neutral a lot yeah, and, in, the, in the camera. And, and even as we saw in the documentary, he, he kind of said, you know, may, if, if I did things differently, I'm kind of paraphrasing, he might have done things a little bit differently because he had all the power he did have, but it, he did a lot of silent great work. Yeah. That, that's why he, that's I, why we didn't just, get to see. He saved he saved Chicago sports one year in the nineties. The public they were going on strike or something happened. He get or they were they work with a half a year. He gave actually gave them money. Also also as well, he also said on the documentary. He said, if I did, he said, the reason why I didn't speak out was I didn't do research on certain things. He told yeah. you that. 
I didn't yes, do yes. research on certain things. Yes. So how is a man going to speak out on something if he has no idea what he's talking about? And, you know, so, right. which was smart on his behalf. Everybody, yeah, no, totally agree. Totally agree. Everybody's not, and this is something you know I've come to realize. You know, growing up, everybody's not a social justice warrior. Exactly. You know, exactly. like yep. like me, I'm not a social justice warrior. My main group of people that I really care about are first generation low income black and brown students. And that's what I dedicate my life's work to. I'm not necessarily an activist for, you know, LGBT or um, bombing other countries. Like everybody has their lane. I'm not an overall social justice warrior, but in today's age, you know, people want to act like they want to act like they care about things when they really don't just for attention and fame and, you know, likes on social media. Um, Michael Jordan, he just, his focus was basketball, you know, and mainly doing his job. He wasn't a social justice warrior. Like LeBron cares a lot about social justice and um, betterment of the well-being of people that look like him and people that grow up in circumstances like he grew up in. MJ's not like that. Iverson was not like that at all. Like he's just like, you know, practice. Shit, I want to party, drink, you know, smoke, do whatever. We talk about practice. Yeah. Like, not a game, not a game, not a game. Every, we talk every about athlete practice. is different, but, and one more thing about LeBron, some um, soccer playing Bama talk. Yeah, we were to mention that. Some some dude, and I don't even know who he is. Like, if he's not he's not Ronaldo or Messi, like I don't know who he is. But he said basically LeBron should just shut up and dribble. And it's like you you're nowhere near LeBron on fame, um, accomplishments, accolades, swag, nothing. You you're basically a nobody, and you're just running off at the mouth so you can have your 15 minutes of fame. He's no different than that little camper at Cam Newton's camp, but. That's neither here or there. But that, that, right. Sammy, that, you know, it's funny, it's funny that you say that about this dude, because I put up an article. This mofo has a nerve to sit up here and talk about LeBron should shut up and dribble. He had the nerve to say he was this is back in 2018 on Bleacher Report. He had the nerve to say that he was a victim of racism in his native Sweden and doesn't receive the, the, the credit due because his name was, was it um Anderson. Or Sevenson or whatever, and how the Swiss, Swiss Swedish media attacks him and stuff. I'm like, wait a minute. How you gonna sit there and call this man out who has a school, given money, always cared about social issues, cares about people, and you would do the same shit, but you're calling out and you you be you be a hypocrite? No, motherfucker, you're a hypocrite. Yeah, he um that, that soccer player, what you guys are talking about, he also said he liked um, what Muhammad Ali stood for. So I'm like, no, he didn't. I'm confused. I'm very confused right now. That's, that's still, that's polar, polar, polar op. Like, how, how do you come to, uh, my brain is fried trying to even put this two and two together. Like, how do you, you praise Muhammad Ali, but the man who's walking in his footsteps plus some, you're going to bash him right now. But it goes right. back to, I wanted to go back to something you want, you, you was mentioning, uh, Sammy, before we wrap up, and excuse me, um, was like you mentioned, it's it, it, not everybody's a social justice warrior, because as you mentioned, Sammy, 
it's generational. Same thing as you mentioned with the yeah, goal definitely. conversation. It's definitely. a it's a generational thing. Speaking of that, we, we like we hear. Guys, no, I was gonna say we hear on the show, JP and I. Anytime any kind of issue ever came up, we always made it a point to bring it up and talk about things in depth. We help out, give out perspectives, teach whoever in, in our spaces about these issues going on. That's how we play. I've been to some marches. I'm not the march type of guy. I no, might give too. some money to some causes. JP has given money to some causes. You know, it's it's a generational thing. And not everybody, as you said, not everybody is built for it. Not everybody's cut for it. And so, yeah, uh, I so, totally agree with everything you said. TJ, make your point, because then. So, yeah, so speaking of non-social justice warriors and a person who's transcended their sport with the culture of being on the scene and changing it, the game for white and black people, that's how big he was in the sport, who just damn near killed himself in a car accident. It was Tiger Woods. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, he's done yeah. what he's done for golf. You know what I'm saying? He, he's, he's flipped the entire, he was the only golfer that was working out. You know what I'm saying? Every other golfer was like 240 out of shape and drank heavily. You know what I'm saying? Before and after probably. So you want to talk about somebody who changed an entire culture. More people watch golf because of Tiger Woods. Even young white kids got into golf because of Tiger Woods. Like it's it's crazy what he has done for that. Golf was damn near dead. On and the golf channel was created because of Tiger Woods. All this shit that that you see in that sport, it's Tiger Woods, hands down, from the ball to the clubs to the clothing to the design of golf courses to the entire landscape of golfers behind him. He his barometer is set so high, there probably going to be another two generations before somebody touches what he has done for any sport. Yo, but he, like, like you said, not a social justice warrior. When he put right, as you, polo on, it was over. Yeah, oh, Sunday Tiger. Yeah, it's Sunday over. Tiger. Yeah, Sunday the, Tiger. Just knew what the result would be. <laughs> Fact. And I mean, like you said, yo, how many old black men started to turn on JP, I mean, you mentioned yeah. your pops used to turn on just be, I, I'm thinking of older black men like you specifically. You've mentioned several times how your pops would turn on golf just because of Tiger. Bruh, it could be a real big game or whatever on TV. If Tiger Woods was playing, he would put that on, seeing what Tiger's doing stuff. He golfs because of Tiger Woods. A lot of older black men and black men in general were golfing before Tiger Woods. They golf now because of Tiger Woods. So yeah, Tiger Woods is definitely iconic figure and, and the greatest golfer ever. I mean, come on, you remember Puffy? Did part of the did part of the um the, the video he had with, with, with Biggie? You know what I'm talking? I can't, I can't think of the name of the yes, song. Yes, yes, yes. But you know so yes, nobody hip hop wasn't putting golf in there back then before that. We wouldn't even thinking about golf before that. Look, I'm just saying when I go to Top Golf. My alias is Sammy Woods. So, oh, that, that, oh, that's I'm serious, man. Don't yo. When outside opens back up, we go to Top Golf. I, I gotta get a red polo and maybe some tight pants and. Oh, oh. <laughs> like Chris Rock, Tiger Woods, y'all. Tiger Woods, y'all. Tiger, 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 Tiger Woods, y'all. But yeah, but you know what? I mean, and 
that's a perfect one to end on because even though, and I'm, I'm going to bring it up, despite the Cablasian comment, <laughs> he was still a black man. His father would still remind him, you're still a black man. Mm -hmm. The world, multiple times over, especially after the first car crash, reminded him, you are still a black man. Time and time again. No matter how many white women he might marry, dates, whatever, whatever, it, that shit don't matter. You are still a black man. And black folks still thank you for what you've done. Because, like we all just stated, we would not care about golf this way if it was not for him. We would, we, you know, so many of us more are not caddies because of him and only seem to be caddies, only seem to maybe be greenskeepers and things like that. Like TJ said, courses extended their holes because of the power that that man had. We designed golf courses to try to make them harder. I.e., we just seen we're seeing it recently as we spoke about last week with Simone Biles. Because you can't do something that I can do now, I got to fault and take a penalty for it. Even though Tiger didn't really fault or penalty take any penalties for it, he just got better and still dusted the field when he was at his prime. And even still to this day, when he was on the course, they made sure it was appointment television for most people. They didn't give a damn about Dustin Johnson and no, like, like, yeah, we knew about Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson. We would hear about them if you watch SportsCenter. They're still not household names. Mm -mm. But Rory McIlroy would tell you that Tiger Woods is a huge influence All in this game. people that came like 2010 up until now, they're all influenced by Tiger. By one, in one way or another. Roy McElroy, um, uh, that's only two. <laughs> only not, two yeah, and like I'm forgetting, there's a dude right now who's Jack that's driving the ball like Tiger and further. I forgot his name, but I mean, let's keep it yeah, real. Yeah, I just saw him the I, other day. I, I forgot the dude's name. It's like Bubba something maybe, but the, again, the influence from our people, it crosses everything, everywhere, all genres, Boundaries, shapes, sizes across the world. Sorry, y'all. If y'all hated or love it, remember, it was our people who built the White House. <laughs> so with that being said, First Lady, you know what to do. All right. Shout out once again to the starting five and everyone who's on the live, which I need to get back in there. Um, start out. Shout out to them. Shout out to, um, of course, our uh, returning guests that probably has a locker here. Uh, good. Um, great that you're teaching the next generation uh, or professing or you're yeah, you know what I mean. Okay, so uh, shout out there, um, and 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 just shout out to everybody who contributed to Black History Month, now and in the future. Sammy, um, shout out to the starting five for having me on. Um, shout out to the mayor. Um, shout out to John Pope Chamberlain, uh, my brother. Um, shout out to TJ, looking like the sun outside. Um, the first <laughs> um, shout out to you guys. Also, shout out to um, Mr. Will Strickland. Love his podcast. Absolutely yes. great podcast. There's 
Um, a few podcasts that I listen to every week, and The Open Run with Will Strickland is one of the greatest podcasts that I've ever listened to. Um, so I'm trying to listen to more podcasts this year. And he's really, he's just an overall quality person. You know, like I swear, he has met every single person. When you, if, if, <laughs> when you meet him, he's a good dude. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm he's, a, he's a real good dude. Yet to have physically meet him, but he's he's one of the best people I know. So shout out to him. Um, shout out to, I believe they won, um, the Delaware State University. Um, they played Howard today in spring football. And let me just check. I think that. While you're checking they that. Um, they did win. I... Shout out to the Delaware State University for beating um, the so-called Mecca Howard University in football 17 to 10 at Dover Stadium today. So big ups to the Delaware State Corner. And big ups, definitely big ups to Will, for real, man. I got to talk to him the other day. He was chopping it up about uh, a number of different things, man. And he's got a lot of dope things coming with the open run, y'all. So get on that joint. And he's a faithful listener to us. He's going to probably, if he's not in the live now, he's going to sometime during the week respond to all the stuff that we were talking. So big ups to Will. Great supporter. Great ear great ear and mind to 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 learn off of yeah. to learn off of and as i talked to him and we, we talked about just learning in general and like if you don't even at whatever age you're at if you don't learn you know you're pretty much dead inside if you don't learn off of something daily tj go ahead i was gonna say um i don't know i just read um a few hours ago, actually, UCLA will be playing two HBCUs in 2023. Mm-hmm. That is huge. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be Alabama State and I think North Carolina Central or something like that. So that is yeah. huge. Alabama State is no joke. I mean, I don't think they'll beat UCLA, but uh, they're in the, uh, the SWAT conference with Jackson State. And also, shout out. To, can I do one more shout out? I mean, but in. Right yeah, uh, Dion, right? Dion Sanders and Jackson State University. They won their first game, fifty-three to nothing over Edward Woods College. But, and I'm not the biggest bar school fan, but I will say what they're doing with the exposure for Jackson State and HBCUs, using their platform to promote HBCUs throughout the country, it, it's, it's, it's pretty damn good. And, you know, shout out to Dion. I hope he stays there, you know, for a while. I hope he doesn't get up and run the Florida State, but he, he's really doing a lot for the Jackson community and the landscape of HBCUs as a whole. So big ups. I didn't, I didn't know Indeed. that about Barstool, but so thank you. Thank you for educating me on that because that just that might turn around some of my views on Boston. Yeah, I think their main sure. problem is Dave Portnoy and maybe a couple of the other characters, but other than that, they're not that big. But Dave Portnoy, I'm sorry to keep going, and I'm gonna just mm-hmm. I'm gonna end it so TJ could do a shout out. Dave Portnoy ain't that huge. He's a problem. He's problematic, but to what I've been learning is he's also kind of been a stock whisperer too. Oh yeah, and a lot and a lot yeah. of shit has been going with it. When, when yeah. it. so yeah. I'm just leaving. I'm leaving it at that. I'm leaving it at that. TJ and then JP, y'all got the floor. Uh, shout out to 
the starting five, the first lady, as always, bringing her knowledge and insight into all things non-sports related. <laughs> uh, shout out to our esteemed guest and sometimes colleague. Do they call you Dr. J at not school, yet. Sammy? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Where are we at? I have about maybe two and a half more years. Okay. All right. Then we will call you Dr. J. Yeah, I that'll be that'll be dope. <laughs> uh, shout outs to the mayor. Um, we definitely got to chop it up about Philly Cigar Week, man. I'm really excited about it. Can't wait to get on board with that uh, and even take that trip down there. It should be all all fun and drink games and a lot of cigar smoking. So definitely looking forward to that. Shout out to the man uh, whose uh, mentor was uh, Encyclopedia Britannica, um, JP. JP, what was it like working under Mr. Britannica back in the day? Like, this is how you gained all your knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Was it just passed down? Did you take like cliff notes? How did that work, JP? <laughs> go ahead, JP. <laughs> I'm so glad good. I go last. Finally, <laughs> I got one for you. Oh, I got one for you today. I got the last line today. <laughs> shout outs. First, we start with ladies first. Qatar, shout outs to her. Shout outs to the bear. Shout outs to Good brother, good friend. I know people think we fuss and argue, but we do because it's like my little brother, Sammy. And shout out to Reggie Theus. <laughs> slash <laughs> Kurt Angle. <laughs> my good brother. My good brother. Reggie Theus. <laughs> my good brother, TJ. TJ, we always cloud each other like this. But that's my, that was a good one. <laughs> That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Shout All out right, to my Sammy. new brother, TJ, man. You know, you know I had to get you. You know, you've been killing me for weeks. So you know I had to get you. You know I had to get you. That was, that was good. That was good. Shout out to Sammy J with the with the vid, with the, with I, the quick I, screenshot. But I also... I also want to end it with this. Shouts to the, to the um, people listening and, and, and in the feed as well. But I also want to end with this. Since it's the end of Black History Month, thank you. There's so many names we could thank, but thank you to those people who paved the way for us. Thank you for your sacrifice and everything you did and even thanking modern day players and personalities today. Thank you, LeBron James. Thank you, Michael Jordan. Thank you, Kobe Bryant. Thank you to all them who, who still are in the struggle and continue to do great works and things for people in general. Thank you. And thank you, JP, for being the kickoff point of Negro History Day. If it wasn't for you, we might not have gotten the month that we've got. So thank you, good brother. <laughs> see, uh, yeah, see, see that? I didn't say that to you. See that? I didn't say that to you. Slipped in like, slipped in like Umar Johnson slash Rock. All right, now let's Whoa, start. Why do you, Johnny? Why does it sound like you got a Baltimore accent? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking money. about. I was like you're from Baltimore. Yeah, you do. And you say you say Baltimore. Yeah. You I do have family in Baltimore. 
Right don't there, worry about it. East, 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 West of Baltimore. Two leaders of big up, big ups, big ups to your family in in, in West Baltimore, as you said, Baltimore. Um, big ups to everybody. Don't forget, please send us some of your grit money and hit that merch link on the Star Five Podcast.com. Give us gets what forty two million a year. Y'all can buy a T-shirt too. Give us your grit money. <laughs> and with that being said, peace. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs> peace. peace.